In this morning's passage from the Holy Gospel, brothers and sisters, we read two parts of a three-part parable sequence that is unique to Luke's Gospel. It's the parable of the lost sheep, the old woman and the lost coin, and the parable of the prodigal son. St. Luke crafts his Gospel in a res- as a response or in answer to the Pharisees' claim that God's love and mercy, God's salvation, these things only come through strict observance to the law of Moses and then only to those who are within the bounds of the law. Bluntly, the claim of the Pharisee in regard to God's will and God's mercy and God's salvation is this. The mercy of God, the love of God, God's salvation only extends to a certain and well defined group of people. The claim of the Pharisee is that there are people outside of God's love and God's mercy. There are people who no matter what, no matter how, will forever remain outside God's love and God's care. And no amount of repentance, no amendment of life will bring them within the bounds of God's love. So, in the face of the Pharisees' thesis or claim, St. Luke is very careful and spends a great deal of effort addressing that thesis. He answers this question, are there people who are outside the limits of God's mercy? Now Luke's answer is, of course, no. There are not people outside of the limits of God's love and God's mercy. And Luke proves his thesis by carefully recording these three parables of Jesus. Now, when we read them, we're supposed to be affected by them. When we read them, we're supposed to have a response. These parables are an example of what should, if we're listening carefully, be received as a very foolish use of power and authority. If we're listening carefully, We're supposed to find in these parables a God whose mercy is foolish. A God whose mercy is foolish in that he would leave 99 sheep to find one. We are supposed to find a foolish God in that he would spend a great deal of time and effort looking for a coin of very little value and then rejoice exceedingly over finding it. He found a nickel, big deal, and he calls his friends to celebrate. We're supposed to find a God whose mercy is foolish and that he welcomes back a son who squanders his inheritance in loose living. And he treats that son equally with the other one who worked diligently his whole life. So when we hear these parables of our Lord as recorded by St. Luke, they're generally three parables, three reactions. The first reaction is a positive one, a thanksgiving, a heartfelt thanksgiving and praise for the mercy of God. And then there are two that are not so positive. One expresses anger over this foolish mercy. Now these are generally people who are good law-abiding citizens, who are dutiful in regard to religious practice, who feel secure in their own righteousness, in their own salvation. Now these people get mad or angered, if you will, because they've done what they're supposed to do and others have not. So it's not fair that mercy be shown to one who has not done 
what he or she is supposed to have done. It is thought a person should not be able to live a life of loose morals and then in the end repent and be saved. So these people actually get angry when someone repents and it works. Now then there's the other extreme. People who are not at all convinced by the foolish example of God's mercy. These are the people who are not at all secure in their own salvation. Rather, they find it extremely hard, impossible to believe that God does in fact love them. God does in fact desire their salvation and their health. So they react to the story in this way. Well, that's very nice, but I doubt that if I was a lost sheep, Jesus would look for me. If I was a coin, Jesus would leave me under the sofa. If I were the younger son, Jesus would not run out and welcome me back. Now, oddly enough, both of these negative reactions come from the same distortion in the soul, the sin of pride. That is to say, both of these extremes are focused on the self and not on God. One says, I know better than God and those should not receive mercy. The other says, I know better than God and I should not receive mercy. Now in regard to both of these extremes, there's a disconnection from others and from God. So as a corrective to that notion of pretending to know better than God, let us look at this parable through the lens of relationships. It's very easy to say that someone is not deserving of mercy when we do not love them. It is also very easy to say that we are not deserving of mercy when we do not love ourselves. So then, if we look at the gospel this morning through the eyes of a father, a mother, a brother, a sister, a husband or wife, a best friend, it becomes easy to come to terms with its foolishness. What husband would or should not risk everything to find his wife? What wife would not want the salvation and well-being of her husband? What parent would or should not desire that their lost child return home? If we love someone, we want their happiness. We want what is best for them. And we're going to risk everything. We're going to ask, act foolishly to save them, to show them mercy, to love them. So then when our family and loved ones comprise a hundred sheep, we would most certainly go after the one and that with the blessing of the 99. If our family and loved ones were the purse of coins, we would certainly expend great amounts of time in search of the lost coin. And the other coins would join us in the hope that the lost coin would return. And when we found the lost coin, we all would rejoice. If it were our own child, our own wife, our own husband that left us to squander their life away, of course, of course we would hope and pray that that person would return. And if and when they returned, we too would run and embrace them. So St. Luke carefully records these parables to give a clear and resounding no. A no to the claim of the Pharisee that there are people who are outside of God's mercy. God loves each and every single one of us. 
God loves each and every human being as a son and a daughter, as a mother or a father, as a husband or a wife, as a dear friend. God loves and cares about every, each single human being more than we can even imagine. So, while we might not understand how God can love each and every person, how God can love us more than we love ourselves, Jesus assures us God does in fact love every person enough to do foolish things. We are called as Christians, brothers and sisters, to rejoice over the repentance and salvation of each and every person, no matter when they repent, be it at 12 years of age or on their deathbed. We are called as Christians to allow God to extend that same love and mercy to us, to realize, to know, and to feel that we are His children and that He will go to any extreme to show us love and mercy and salvation. We are also called, as Christians, to extend that same foolish love and mercy to others. We are called, as Christians, to extend extend that same love and mercy to others, whether we like them or not. We are called to forgive others as many times as they ask, just as God in heaven forgives us as many times as we ask. That's tough. But let us rejoice in the foolish mercy of God. Let us rejoice in the love of God that extends to every human soul. And let us pray that our faith deepens, that our faith increases so that we may rejoice in God's love for us and for each and every person. And that we may show the same mercy to others that has been shown by God to us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.